Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your hosts, Mariah and Daniela. Danielle and I were just catching up because we don't get to do that often enough. We're usually either talking about podcast stuff <laughs> or other work stuff because we do other offsite work together. So um, this is usually our time to just say, hey, how's it going? And then we end up talking for like four hours. So. Yes. And that is how our podcast was born. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> but we're so excited because… We will be reunited in nine days. Nine days from today. It's insane. We were just planning out all of the places that we want to go. And I'm just so excited, Mariah. Yes, we're just going to pretend that we're rich and have lavish (laughs) meals. And it's going to be great. So, Oh my God. Yes. I'm so excited to be in Chicago again. last, Last year when I was there, I felt like the entire month I was there was like the highest point of my year. Oh yeah, same, same for me too. And I think Esther yeah. can agree, hopefully. Aww. But yeah, um, we're all going to be together. So yes. expect content from that, hopefully. Yeah, we better get we content. Don't we forget. Need, we <laughs> desperately need to take pictures together and oh all my the God. things. Yes, um, yes, 1000%. So yeah, we'll be going, we'll be in Chicago. Well, I'm here. Danielle will be here for a couple of days and then we're going to go to LA and live even more lavishly. <laughs> so yeah, I rented an Airbnb out there for my birthday, my 30th birthday slash bachelorette. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, this is like the highlight of the year for me. Not the wedding, oh but this. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm so stoked. I've never been to uh, the West Coast. The ever. land of green juice and yoga yes. and woo-woo vibes. You're gonna exactly. love it. Exactly. The land that saw Mariah come into this earth, okay? Mm -hmm. my homeland. And yeah, this is not me doing a little spoiler of our next episode, but you shall be hearing Mariah's 20 lessons on her 20s. On my 20s. Yes. It's going to be a great episode, so stay tuned for that. (laughs) I hope I have things (laughs) to say. (laughs) You will. I mean, we somehow managed to do an episode about my life. So oh, we up. will definitely have an episode your about life your life. is a movie, so uh, Well, I will not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. We do have a great episode for you today. We have a very lovely, magical guest that I've been so excited to meet. And I had the honor of meeting her through Daniela. So Daniela, how did you two meet? And can you introduce her? Yes. So we have Amanda Chan. She is a cacao ceremonialist and intuitive guide. And she is one of my dearest friends who is also an American living in Spain. And we interview her because I worked with her last year while I was in my kind of like emo era. Um, And she was doing a little bit of spiritual guidance with me. And she taught me so much about my spiritual guides and how to access them. And she has so much knowledge and just, she is literally a box full of surprises and her own journey is so powerful. So we know that you will definitely enjoy this episode. So why don't we just dive in? Yes, let's dive in. Okay, we are back and we are ready to do this again because we were having a few tech issues, which I feel like we usually have with like our most intuitive, magical guests. It's funny how that works out. 
But um, yes, we have Amanda here. We've been hanging out for a little bit. And we should just start with Danielle and Amanda talking about the work you've been doing together. Yes. So I wanted to say this, and I said it before, and it's going to come out all weird. But um, a few episodes back, I mentioned a cacao ceremony that I went through. And Amanda's the person that I did it with. And we're just so excited to have you, Amanda. Welcome to The Art of Blooming. Hi. Happy to be here. So before we were talking about your villain origin story and how you became this incredible facilitator. And I just wanted you to sort of like explain how you got here. I know this story, how you went from working in fashion to then becoming a coder to now being this, you know, incredible medicine woman. And I think that a lot of people need to hear this story because you're just about to turn 34 and you've had so many lives already. Yeah. And on top of that, this podcast comes out like two days before my birthday. So I, I will know. be 34 pretty much by the time like this comes so out. So special. Yeah. So I started my own healing journey, which I like to call my journey of remembrance and reality now because I feel like we're all healed. We just need to remember that. But I started when I was 16. So I started going to therapy and all of all of that good stuff. And way back then, I decided that I didn't want to take any SSRIs and I didn't want to take anything that was like artificial pills. This is not to say that that is not something that is very helpful and necessary for certain people. It's just for my personal choice, it didn't feel right. So essentially at the age of 18, I started looking for natural ways. So I've been doing that this whole time. In the meantime, like professionally, I went to Boston College. I'm from California, but I'm currently in Madrid, soon to be also based in Berlin part-time to have two home bases. And so, yeah, at 18, I moved to Boston. I went to Boston College. I have a management degree with a focus in marketing from there. And then when all of my friends were like, oh, I'm going to go to New York and to work at like the banks and to be consultants and work at agencies and all of that stuff because I went to business school and that just didn't feel right. I was like, I want adventure and I really wanted to learn Spanish and I really wanted to move abroad in reality. So I decided to be like, take, I'm going to take a gap here. And after I graduated, I moved to Madrid. I taught business English for a while. And what became one year has now become almost 12, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. And so I was teaching business English. I started a jewelry line. I had a lot of friends. I still have friends that have stores throughout Madrid and throughout Spain. So I was selling my jewelry in those stores. And way back then too, design markets were a really big thing here. So I was going to a lot of those. That helped me get a scholarship to get a master's in accessories design. So I did that for a year. From there, I got hired at Inditex, which is based in Coruña, where Daniela is. So I live there. Crazy. Yeah, it's really so weird. Because it's like a very small, it's a town. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a town. It's a small city, but it's a town. And so I lived there and I worked in fashion. And essentially when I was at Inditex, it was horrible. Um, It had been, (laughs) it was my dream to work at Inditex. Literally when I moved here in 2011, I was like, oh, it's my dream. I want to like work at Inditex. That's my goal. I want to work at Zara. Okay. Oh yeah, what is Inditex? Exactly. Inditex is the, like the mother brand of Zara and all of the like Zara brands that they're, that exist in the world. So that's kind of like Zara HQ. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. thanks for clarifying. I forget when we're in Spain, everyone knows what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got there and I was like, this is not what I expected. It was a really toxic work environment. Yeah. And so I essentially just quit after a year, stayed in Curunas, was teaching English on the side and studying code on my own. And then I went to code school in Denver, Colorado, and then ended up getting a job in Madrid where I came back here, got like another software engineering job. And yeah, I had a very interesting experience in tech in that I was harassed both. Oh, sorry. Trigger warning. I forget. Like, it's okay, we can yeah. say it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the episode description. Okay, okay. Um, I was harassed both at school and then I was sexually harassed at my second job. And that combined with the fact that in 2021, I lost two of the most important women in my life within four weeks of each other. And very suddenly, that grief just like made everything implode and explode at the same time at the end of 2021. And I... I quit my job and I decided I'm going to do what I've essentially been doing in my free time because going back to where I started of how since I've been 18, I've been trying to, you know, find a natural way to come back to myself to remember that I am healed. I was studying modalities on the side. I was training in them. I was working with facilitators of all types and I was even starting to coach and hold ceremonies. You know, I... I think our first ceremony, Danielle, was actually like while I was still a software engineer. And so this is what I was doing in my free time. And so when everything just fell apart or broke down to break through in reality, it just made sense for me to, to do this because it's my path of service. We all have a path of service, right? And this is my path of service. I want to help people. I want to help people come home to themselves. And I want to offer an alternative that maybe isn't as mainstream, but for me has been life-changing, life-changing. Like, you know, I'd gone to talk therapy for over a decade and I was still repeating the same patterns and talk therapy has its place. It has its thing. It's so beautiful. And I still have a really good relationship with my therapist who, if I do feel I need talk therapy, I, I call her. But there comes a point where I found it was limiting for me on my own journey. And that's when I started going into different modalities and ceremony and, and all of the things that I do now. And so, yeah, my title now would be that I'm a facilitator in the wellness space. But if we want to kind of be more specific, I'm an intuitive guide and cacao ceremonialist. Oh, we love you. Love you so much. I just met you and I love you so deeply already. I love you too. I feel like I've known you for years though. I know. It's like that soul connection and talking about like, you said so many beautiful things that I want to kind of go back to, but the remembrance, remembering that we are healed and that we are whole. I think it would be great to kind of talk more about that and what that actually looks and feels like to be healed. Mm. Oh, I just got like goosebumps when you said that. I felt it. Yeah. Like right now, healing's a really big buzzword, I feel like. And I mean, it should be to a certain extent, because I think that right now we're not that I think I know that right now we're in a really big pivotal time on this earth. And it's a chance for us to really reset and restart in a really powerful way. And so you hear the word healing being thrown around a lot. And 
I mean, it's true. We need it. But to go back to what you're asking about, we are healed. You hear with this like healing journey that you are whole, you are complete, you are perfect. And I think sometimes that can feel really abstract and hard to kind of grasp. But in reality, when you start to really sit with yourself, when you start to be in ceremony as Daniela has experienced, and actually she very much talked about this on that episode that you referenced of connecting in with your higher self, connecting in with the earth, connecting in with your guides and guardians, or you don't even need to bring the spiritual into it, to be honest, just connecting in with yourself. You realize that all the answers are within you, that you are you have everything you need already. It's just that, you know, we live in a world where there's been layers and layers of trauma and conditioning and programming that's been put on us by culture, society, our families, just like history. And it's just peeling back those layers to remember, like, I'm already healed. Like, I, at the core, am exactly love and light and everything beautiful in this world. And I'm all the wisdom in this world. I just got to remember. So true. Can I tattoo that on my forehead so I don't forget? (laughs) Like, I think we all need to remember that. And there's this, I feel like there's this humongous narrative around like, you need to fix yourself in order to live the best of possible life and manifest and find love and become abundant. And we are inherently healed. Like, we're fine. We just need to remember. But that whole feeling of like, I'm I'm fucked up, right? That's being mm-hmm. fed to us is just so not productive at all. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the fixing thing. It's so true. Where you constantly have this feeling of like, I need to fix myself. I need to change this. And like, and I know this feeling so well because I went through that for many years. And even now, like I have moments where I'm like, I need to fix this. I need to change that. But it's like, hold on, hold on. Like, pause, take a breath. Like you are everything you need. You came into this life to have the experiences that you've had to get you to this point. You came into this body to have exactly the experiences you're having, no matter the color of your skin, your gender, your sexuality, your size, like it doesn't even matter. Like all of that happened for a reason. And just to remember like, wow, I am human and divine. And that is so beautiful. And just like the greatest gift that we could have had, could have been given. I love that so much. And I feel like you are, your journey so far has been the embodiment and the acceptance of that, of why we come here is to experience it all. It doesn't have to look like one way or the other. It just is. And to surrender to that and just move with it and allow yourself to explore however many identities you want, pursue whatever passions you want, just experience life. And I think once you can embrace that, life just becomes so much more enjoyable. It doesn't become absolute. It just is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to reference Soul, the Pixar movie, because this is actually in other religious texts, but I think Soul did a really good job of saying it in a very like cute and fun way. But like, we're all light and we're all love and our soul is pure and divine and it is everything. It knows everything. But if we don't incarnate into a physical body, 
You can't eat, you can't drink, you can't dance, you can't make love, you can't hug someone, you can't cry. And so that's something that I've had to remind myself a lot about. I'm a, I'm also a Pisces. And so, you know, like throughout many traumatic experiences in my life and just life in general, I have sometimes had this feeling of like, I don't want to be in this body. I just want to like return to the stars. I just want to return to like source. And I remind myself that, wait a second, like this is a gift to be able to have an ego. It's a gift to be able to have this human experience because like I wouldn't be able to experience pleasure and I wouldn't be able to experience like all this other happiness and these this evolution of forgiveness and everything without all the contrary parts of it. And so that for me is like, yeah, I love that you touched on that because it's so true. It's so real too, because when you have a perception of pain or when you experience pain, your perception of joy is just so much bigger and greater that you can't even fathom getting to that high peak without experiencing and knowing the discomfort of the low. And so I think like that's another big key to grasp and to kind of hold you through those times where it's really tough. And you get to a point too where you start to realize they're one and the same. Like when you're really sad and you're in one of those moments where you're just like sobbing, you reach a moment of peace. Sadness and peace are really the same thing. It's just about crossing that threshold. It's about learning that dance and allowing yourself the space to feel the sadness so you can reach the peace. And like for me, because grief is a really, a really big teacher for me, it's taught me a lot. As I said earlier, like I lost two of the most important women in my life within four weeks of each other and in very tragic ways. And what it's shown me is that grief doesn't exist without love. So it's really just the same thing. It's just an expression of deep love. And so when you start to look at that of like, oh, it's all the same. Like, I don't even, Daniela knows this, but like, I don't even speak in terms of like good and bad anymore. I do everything I can to like take that out. It comes out because, you know, we're still like, while we're in this body, we're dualistic. So there are words like that because like, it's all one and the same. Like pain is pleasure. You know, even if you think about like sex, there is an element of like pain and pleasure in that and finding that for you. And so, you know, it's just important to remember, I think, like a good reminder to ourselves that when, like you said, when we go through those painful moments that like, yeah, there is on the other side, there's more light, there's more love, there's more growth, there's higher peaks. And that is like, I don't know, I just like have this feeling of like, I think I just got like an imagery of like hummingbirds and the Garden of Eden and just this beautiful, beautiful place of high consciousness that you can't reach without it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That just solves all our problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like it's perception. Mm-hmm. It is perception. And I think that we sort of like in this whole dualistic narrative of good, bad, we have good feelings, bad feelings. And in reality, they're just emotions. They're mm-hmm. all emotions, they're feelings. We should feel them all. That's sort of like the whole point of existence, right? And that's something that I had to learn with you because <laughs> I don't like sitting with my feelings. 
Capricorn. Yeah, let's talk things. about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack it. <laughs> let's unpack that. So, what did you learn? <laughs> what did I learn? Well, I feel like after working with Amanda and just in general, just in the entirety of 2022, I learned that feeling my feelings is important because just like going through the motions of, okay, I'm going to sit in this sadness. I'm going to sit in my grief. I'm going to sit in the highest of joys. And just like letting myself feel it without being like, huh, this is not convenient. Led me to sort of like alchemizing that and coming into like greater conclusions and like all of the knowledge and lessons that I learned. And it's not stuck in my body anymore. Like I've even like physically felt the difference in myself. So it's really important and it's not easy if it's not, if it doesn't come naturally to you. I feel like a lot of like water people, like Pisces, Cancer, like you guys have it down. You guys have it (laughs) down. Like emotions are like so easy for you guys, but earthier signs, not really. Like I feel like a lot of people that are Capricorn moons relate to this. It's really hard because again, feelings and emotions are not convenient. (laughs) crying at 3 p.m. over a comment that you heard six months ago is not convenient, but it's important to move through. So just hearing you, Amanda, is just so great and so validating. Well, I I got a little emotional hearing you say that because I've been able to witness your growth over the last two years, just in general. First, as like friends and also like you're my designer. So, you know, I work with you professionally too. Um, On that side, we work with each other professionally apart from our friendship. And yeah, I can like feel that growth. And, you know, you brought up something really interesting there about how it's not convenient. And, you know, I'm like a bit like, you know, I understand we have systems and we, I understand that like we have capitalism and all this stuff. But part of me is kind of like, that's a huge flaw in the system that it's inconvenient to feel. Yeah. Because we live in like such an overactive world. And if we're speaking of elements, we live in a world that's very motivated by fire in reality. So that go, 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 go. It's a very masculine energy, which I should say because I know some people get triggered by that. But when I speak of like masculine and feminine, it could be easily yin and yang. It's really just to put like a dualistic term. It has nothing to do with gender. And we all have feminine and masculine within us, regardless of how you identify. And, but so we're very masculine driven, like very like forward, 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 moving forward. And then we have a bit of Capricorn energy, which Danielle and I have actually been talking about these days of like systems and rules and structure. But what we're kind of lacking support for in many ways, at least on a, like a big, large scale mainstream level, is the feminine and is the water in reality. Because it's the, can you sit in it? Can you be with it? Because in reality, these polarities, like we were talking about already, are you can find harmony in the polarities. They're not contradictions. They feel like contradictions. But if you sit with them long enough, if you allow the feminine to come in to balance out the masculine, if you allow the passivity to come in to balance out the activity, you'll find that that's where you have peace. That's where you have harmony. That's where you really just like, that's the magic at the end of the day. Okay. I have have questions because I'm kind of going through, I've gone through so many different phases as well. We all have, but I really relate to your story, Amanda, specifically because I've 
worked in the fashion industry for so long. Now I'm in finance. During the pandemic, around the same time as you, I hit this point where I just had enough. I was like, there's more to life than this hustle culture, than doing something that just feels so empty that when I show up every day, I'm dying slowly on the inside. And so um, I just like impulsively quit my job and was in pursuit of finding something that was fulfilling. And ultimately I knew something spiritually led. And so I explored cacao ceremony. I read so many books on ceremony shamanism. And um, that was the time in my life that I felt the most peace and I felt the most me. And I actually started to remember who I was. And so... um, I was telling Danielle this a little bit when we were having some of our tech issues in between that not that I view my story as a failure, but I ultimately was hoping to get into a place where I could, the discovery of self could be something that I could help others and could kind of give to others and be able to make an income doing it, right? Like be able to have a life where I can show up and give that. And so it's so beautiful to hear your story too. And So I had to go back to a nine-to-five financial reasons. Um, And I feel like now that part of me, that like super embodied, soulful, I don't even know what to call it, but just that part of me that through everything I do is through that lens of all the learning of who I've become and just a very spiritually led person. Um, I feel like I've had to put that person in a box and be this to be more in my masculine. So I was very much for two years in my feminine. Every day I was just creating and learning, reading books and just allowing and and to just be in whatever I was going through. And I think I did a lot of healing and so much came out of that. So much acceptance and I won't go into everything because I talk about all the time on the podcast, but I feel like I was equipped, like now I'm equipped to show up in my masculine. And I don't feel like I could have shown up. I wasn't able to show up in my masculine because I wasn't really embodying and seeing my feminine as something that was quote unquote productive and accepted and valued. And so now I'm like on the other end of the pendulum again, I'm like so in my masculine where I'm just like, go, 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 hustling doing the podcast, doing other side projects, showing up to my nine to five, killing it at work, killing it here, killing it there. But I have no space, barely any space to really be in that place of just surrender and being and not doing anything and just all the little rituals and practices that I loved so much, like cacao and meditation. And so do you see that often where it's kind of like one or the other. We're either like really in the feminine or we're really in the masculine. Like how do we find that place of juggling both and kind of like finding that place in the middle? There's so much there. So first, I wanted to touch on something that I think is important for a lot of us to remember, especially those of us that are you know, wanting to build in spirituality and find our own spirituality and whatnot and are doing all of these different modalities and healing, whatever that means, you know, for you. And so 
I have the great honor of being an apprentice to my teacher, Jamita, who is part of the Andean lineage of the Seven Rays, which is based in Inca wisdom. And so a lot of what I talk about, a lot of how I feel the world and everything is very much rooted in a lot of these teachings because they kind of, it kind of gave me that framework. So the word I want to share with you is yankai. And yankai is your path of service. We each have that. And yankai is going to be different for everyone. And every single person came here to be of service. And everyone's path of service is going to look different. And so something I'll see a lot with clients or even just friends being like, exactly what you're saying, like, how do I bring that spirituality into like my day-to-day life? Well, it's also important to remember that walking a path of service isn't necessarily, it can be, you know, walking a shamanic path. It can be being a facilitator, a coach, a therapist, a doctor, you know, all these different things. And it's also being in a corporate job and leading in a way that is compassionate, leading in a way that is heart-led and bringing that those levels of sense of self, of spirituality and everything that you've discovered for yourself, that you continue to discover for yourself, weaving that into your work. And so, you know, you can very much still be of service, even if you're back in finance, even if you're back at your nine, nine to five, you know, it's just, how are you showing up? How are you showing up in this world? And also knowing too that everything like life is full of lots of things too you know pretty much every like a lot well i don't want to say every cuz that's like so absolute but so many shamans and powerful powerful medicine people have other things too they have other side things like i don't know if i want to use the word side hustle but it kind of is you know like maybe they have a shop or maybe they're doing like other things like i for example in full transparency like i do this but i also do build websites still and it's something that it's about finding that kind of balance within yourself because it's going to look different for everyone like we said before like everyone has masculine and feminine within them. Everyone has all the elements within them. You know, in reality, in evolutionary astrology, the idea is that you reach illumination when you are a full balance of all the zodiac signs. So we are all of those things. And so for you, it's just a matter of deciding, okay, right now at this point in my life, what feels good for me? How can I weave in more of my spirituality? Because you don't have to put it in a box. And you could bring it into the nine to five. You can bring it into your morning routine, whether that be, you know, just making yourself a cacao in the morning and still sitting with that. Or maybe if you don't even have time to sit with it, using the actual ritual of making it as five minutes to just be fully present with yourself. Because honestly, like I've been really thinking about like deep presence and like being, and that's really, you can make, so much out of just a few minutes if you are truly deeply present because most of the time, honestly, we're like we're not that present. Even when we're resting, we're like scrolling and doing all that stuff. And so how can we like really, you know, drop into this moment and take these five minutes to be with ourselves and to weave in that feminine part and to weave in all the things that you were sharing? Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for sharing all that with me. I think there's a a certain amount of discipline required with making sure that you're still kind of accessing that more spiritual practice or whatever it is for you that just connects you to yourself. And so I think my my thing is that I am all in on one thing and it's hard for me to juggle two different ways of being or if I'm very focused on killing it at my job and just making sure that I'm like doing everything I need to do. It's hard for me to, like that becomes the priority and it's hard for me to bring in the other thing because I'm almost just, I'm prioritizing the other thing more. I think I'm prioritizing it because there's something that I need to prove within it. And so that I've noticed within myself that that takes precedent when I need to prove something to others or to get that affirmation, like that becomes the priority. And so all my output is going there because I need to be validated. Mm. I mean, there's a lot there with what you just said. I think it's a matter of sitting with that exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly what Mm -hmm. you said. And like, why do I feel the need to prove? Why don't I have, why am I not feeling like I'm enough in itself within you? Like, what is that blockage? And that could be really so many different things, you know? Mm-hmm. It could I think go we back. can all, all yeah. relate to that too. Yeah. I think that is just like a core thing that we can all relate to is mm-hmm. constantly feeling like, when are we enough or how do we, how do we get to that place? And I think ceremony really does help you to hone in on those moments because every time I've gone into ceremony, I'm like, oh, duh, I know this. I know this, but I need access to it daily or however often in my life that feels like a balance to remember that full circle to remember because we forget. But that's the thing though. It's like, you don't have what Amanda was saying before. Like you don't have to like dedicate like three hours of your day. Like it doesn't even have to be, you know, like unless you really want it to. Yeah, well, Pisces have no concept of time, so it's Yeah, you know, but it's, like, for me that I'm, like, such, like, I tend to be very in my masculine. What I've been doing and what I learned is that even if it's just, like, 15 minutes before I go to sleep or when I wake up of, like, sitting with myself and being, like, okay, how am I feeling right now? Or just dropping in and imagining myself in the exact place where I imagined myself in cacao ceremony and that clearing. Like, we can talk about that, but it's like imagining myself there and being like, okay, who wants to come through? And waiting to see like what guide comes through or if it's my highest self or my higher self or my baby self or whatever. Just, it doesn't take a lot. It's just like 15, 20 minutes at the beginning, at the end, at the middle of the day, doesn't matter. It's just so helpful because it's like, okay, I connected with source. I connected with like myself at a soul level. I'm chill. I can continue on. And I don't remember to do that every day. Like full disclosure, some days I'm just so in the moment and so in my ego that forget about it. I'm like dying inside, but it's really helpful. It doesn't have to be like a huge ass commitment is, is the thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Right before bed is a great thing to remember because we all have to lay down 
to go to, well, we don't have to, I guess, but I think most of us lay down to go to sleep, right? And like, it's, it, I don't know if all of us just fall asleep right away. I don't, that's for sure. And so that was a great example. And I think that's something that like we talked about the very yes. beginning of your, like, Danielle yes. did a one-on-one program with me where we spent like three months together. And so that was like one of the first things that yeah. we talked about. Yeah, no. It's not like sleep, but like mo- instances where I could connect with myself because that was like the main issue that I was kind of like, I'm so obsessed with work that I'm like always working, always on, always thinking about the next thing to do, how to like grow my business or even myself, like how can I improve myself? How can I be in the next thing? And and then like having that moment of connection because I used to be so like hard on myself for not meditating every day or for not doing yoga every day or just, you know, doing something. And Amanda was like, hey, you could just do like a 10 minute check-in and that's fine too. Like just validating that. And I've continued to do that. And it's just been so nice because I mean, some days I can commit for like a longer situation, right? I can do like a new moon ceremony or something. We're burning. I love, I love burning things. I know it's so fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's that so much fine. fun. Um, but you know, it's like, it really, like, I think that that's what being like modern and mystical is, <laughs> right? Like, I think that that's like the marriage between the two. It doesn't have to be a long ass thing. And then when you can sit in ceremony, right? Like you can do a cacao ceremony and ayahuasca ceremony or whatever ceremony. Like that obviously requires time and that's beautiful. But realistically, like, can you do that every day? I don't think so. Not in this society. So <laughs> it's, you know, it, it doesn't have to be long is what I'm trying to say. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. No, I think this is great because I, we can kind of have Amanda explain a little bit more about yes. the origin of ceremony and, um, yeah, what it, where, I know you've mentioned who your mentor or that you I have several with. teachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, one of them. But I think it would be really cool to hear about that experience going through that and what ceremony is. Ah, life is ceremony. I'm going to be honest. That like, that's something that my teacher, Jem, used, like told us right when we start with her. I mean, she says it all the time. And at first, I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, I need to make time for all this stuff. But then you just start to see exactly what we're talking about, that everything gets to be a ceremony. And really, like, what separates ceremony and ritual is ritual is the actual act of doing it. And ceremony is presence for it. So that is kind of like the combination of the masculine, the feminine, the yin and the yang, time and space in many ways, too, um, of actually just connecting that. And so, um, I mean, ceremony can be very many different things. It's also sort of a buzzword now. But <laughs> but for me, like, life is ceremony, so it is what it is. Um, I work specifically with cacao. And the way that I work with it has been shared with me from my, my teacher, Jamita, um, who who is part of the lineage of the seven rays. So she studies and and has maestros in Peru. She goes to Peru frequently. I actually just had the opportunity, since I also work for her, to sit with one of her, her main teacher, Maestro Puma, uh, the other day. And what she has shared with us is a lot of this Andean cosmovision wisdom 
at the end of the day, but also her own path. And then basically in ceremony, when people sit with me, I take everyone through with cacao with the Chicano medicine wheel, which is something that was shared with me with Jem. And that's a combination of what, yeah, what she learns from her teachers in the Andes and then through her lineage that she shares with us and also her own journey. And so we work with the directions. And so like when we talk about holding space, for example, I don't really believe we hold space anymore. I believe we set up space. We are stewards of space. We create spaces, but it's not me at the end of the day. It's me just anchoring the space. And so in ceremony with me, we'll go around all the directions, go to Mother Earth, Pachamama, um, up to the heavens, and then back to your center. And then the next part is kind of whatever you want it to be. In my case, I take people through guided meditations, and that's sort of been something that I've intuitively started to do because of my other teachers as well. I have you know, just shout out to my teachers because I think we always need to honor our lineages and our teachers. But um, I work with Catalina from InBreath, who's a really powerful breathwork teacher, both in group and one-on-one situations. I also work with Teddy Emerald, who has become a very dear friend of mine over the years, but I still consider her a mentor who works a lot with EFT tapping. She's a triple Leo, so she's taught me to bring in a lot of boundaries and fire. Are the big lessons I've learned from her and I also sometimes uh, support her in her groups too. And so I kind of weave all of that into ceremony. And so to go back to what your question was, what's the origin of ceremony? And ceremony is really just being. It's doing whatever that means to you to get you to a state of presence. That could be cacao, that could be meditation, that could be breath work, that could just be sitting, that could be walking, if that's what you want. And allowing yourself to be in that moment. Because when you think of like Buddhist monks, for example, in the monasteries and everything, and and these beautiful beings who are choosing to just be and exist and sit with, with God essentially, or whatever source, spirit, whatever you want to call um, the universe, that is ceremony. So I don't know if that fully answered it, but Feel free to ask me more questions. (laughs) It does. It does. I think that's, it's so simple, really. You know, we don't, I think we love to overcomplicate things. And I think that is in its essence, it is just coming back to the core of who we are, which is that essence of just being and experiencing and loving. And so ceremony is like my escapism because I'm a, I'm a Pisces too, and I love to escape. And so um, I would prefer to just be in ceremony, like where I'm just alone in meditation or whatever little altar space that I create. I sometimes wish, I'm like, I never want it to end when I'm in it. Like, I don't want to come back into the real world and have to experience just the ups and downs. I just want to exist here in the place of absolute peace. So yeah, that's, it's so beautiful and I want more people to just experience it. So thank you for the work that you do. I want to bring something up though, because it's really interesting how you say that ceremony is peace. It can be, but it's mm. not always. And especially to go back to like talking about plant medicine, since I work a lot with plant spirits and actual plant medicine, 
Yeah, with cacao in general, cacao is a very subtle but powerful medicine, and she's very loving. For me, she's very much an extension of Mother Earth and like that feeling of the mother and fertility and being held. So in general, cacao ceremonies, for example, are going to be like quite loving. And depending on the person that's setting up the space, like that's a big intention mm-hmm. for my spaces that there's just like you feel covered in love and held in love. However, that's not to say all ceremonies are like that. Because when you sit with other plant medicine like psilocybin or ayahuasca or wachuma, peyote, even hape, it's not just rainbows in peace. And I think that's like an important thing to remember because many times like now too, like going and sitting in ayahuasca ceremonies is such a buzzword and a buzz thing to do, but, and people go and it's not like, yeah, sometimes you'll like go and understand everything, whatever that might mean and, and go back to source and, and the creator and all of that. But sometimes it's really dark. I've had, I've sat with plant medicine and gone through like really dark stuff and really heavy stuff and been really afraid. And what that has taught me is emotional resilience. It's taught me trust in myself. And every time I sit with plant medicine that isn't cacao, well, even with cacao sometimes, like, let's be honest, I'm at that point where whatever needs to be revealed comes through. But whenever I sit with these other plant medicines, it always helps me anchor in even further with my own communion, with my guides and guardians, because I trust them fully. Like in one of my first psilocybin ceremonies, that was immediately came up. I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. That was the phrase over and over and over and over and over again. I trust. I was like, I trust Pachamama. I trust Wairakocha, which is the Quechua word for uh, what they believe to be the creator. I trust my apus, my mountains. I trust the elements. I trust the animals. I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. Because it was terrifying, to be perfectly honest. And like, I love sitting in ceremony but I always think it's important to remember that too because it's a reflection of life. It's just like an acceleration of life. And life is like pleasure and joy and there are aspects of pain and suffering to it too. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that you gave that perspective. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. That's the thing though. It's like, even in cacao, I've had like with you, Amanda, experiences where I spent the entire session crying and then other ones where I was being literally hugged. Like I was being hugged and it was rainbows and sunshine and unicorns and just great things. And then, you know, it's kind of like every single time that you sit in ceremony, you'll get something different and you'll get shown what you're supposed to see in the moment. But it's like, it's not always this like, oh, I'm at peace with it all. Like at the end, maybe, Mm -hmm. but during it, it can be rough. Like that first one, I'll never forget. It was like, I saw so many things. Like I saw so many like situations and pain that I was holding on to that had nothing to do with me. And I guess that's why I cried so much. Like before we were recording, <laughs> Amanda and Mariah were, were like laughing because Amanda's like the person that's made me cry the most ever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like superpower. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's 
you know, it's kind of like you have to be kind of like prepared for that. But also like cacao is is great in that sense. It's like so like warm and and kind of like supportive. It's not, you know, as like crazy, I'd say. Like, woo! Like you don't know what's going to happen. Not really. It's very safe <laughs> feeling. Yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those medicines too where like subtle, but do not underestimate her. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this too. Like when I went through my initiation with cacao, essentially, when you really are getting to know not just physically drinking cacao, but the spirit of cacao, you go through it. Like you move through it and I'm supporting people now and they're moving through it and it's beautiful. Honestly, like for me, it is so like I'm getting like chills. Also, I got chills when you were talking because you were literally sitting like right here like <laughs> in my house. You remember. <laughs> yeah. It's powerful because the thing is many times too, and, and I, I wanted to mention this earlier too, is that like these emotions that we hold on to, these emotions that you had been holding on to prior to sitting in that ceremony with me, were in your body because we store things in our body. And like, you know, there's many different teachings on this, but you have a physical body, an emotional body, a mental body, an energetic body, and a spiritual body. And all of these things are imprinting in it. And if we are always going, if we're always in action mode, and this is inconvenient, and I don't want to look at this, it stays imprinted in your body. And so it's there. It's always there. It's not like ceremonies making you do this. What it's doing is it's bringing up what was already there. And it's important for that to come out because if not, that's what leads to disease. And it plants those seeds for all sorts of ailments, whatever that might be in our body too. And so, you know, that's why it's important to allow and feel safe when the heavier stuff comes up, when the scarier stuff comes up, because it needs to come up. And when we have more light coming into our field, and that's what's happening right now on this earth, but as we have more light come into our being, and we're trying to remember, it's illuminating all parts of ourselves. And so it's bringing light to our shadow. It's bringing light to the shame that we hid away. It's bringing light to those parts of ourselves that we didn't want to see. And can we allow that to happen? And can we trust that it's part of the process? And can we... You know, and it, and in reality, it's it's beautiful, right? Light isn't always going to be the rainbows. I mean, it is rainbows, but it's like, it's all of it. When you were saying that, I just pictured um, like a really messy garage <laughs> with the lights off. And that when you turn the lights on, you see all that shit and you're like, how am I going to begin to unpacking these boxes? It's just too overwhelming. And so I... I think that was like a really interesting visual that came up when you were saying that because it's so true. It's like the illumination is so necessary for you to have that clarity to move through and clean up that space within you. And can you still stand in full love and acceptance while you're doing it? Mm. Versus judging like what a mess I've made. I should have been doing this. I should have been cleaning this up. Why have I just waited until now to do it, right? The judgment of like, I should have been working on this. Yeah. And that's so easy to fall back on, like shitting on yourself for not doing it before or for like not doing it at all. And what you just said was like, yeah, I needed to remember that. Like to still love yourself through all of it. Mm-hmm. And thinking mm-hmm. back to what we talked about needing to fix oneself and feeling like, oh, I'm such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think we, it's very popular to talk about ourselves like that, like the self-deprecating humor and shooting on ourselves. Um, but to just have so much grace because we move through a lot of shit and we should be proud of ourselves for just making it through another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, I think when it, when I first started to wake up, essentially, like truly wake up to everything, there got to a point where I was like, is this ever going to end? Like, <laughs> it feels like there's like more and more stuff. But I think the more that I uncover and like, honestly, like the life things that have happened in my life just get bigger and bigger. Um, but you start to get more agile with it. You start to have more grace. Like you just said, you start to have more tenderness and love towards yourself because you know, it's all part of you. And, you know, when we're talking about polarities, it's all you, it's all worthy of being love. And that's been something that for me working with my guides and guardians and like, you know, not everyone's going to have like a team of, I don't know how many I have at this point, but you have the earth and you have the heavens. That's like the basic in any spirituality. And like, you're loved by source, creator, God, the universe, and you're loved by this earth because she provides for us. She gives us food and shelter and continues to allow us to live here no matter what we've done. And so when you remember that you are loved by them, it helps you remember that. Why aren't you loving yourself in that same way? You know, like the earth has been pillaged and stolen from and raped in reality. Like the most horrible things that we could do to a being we have done to our earth. And yet our earth is still allowing us to sit here and talk to each other. And she still loves us. So if she can love us, we should love ourselves. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I also want to talk about another thing because, you know, it's so important to be with self, but also be with others in community and communion with others. And so like sitting with a facilitator, having conversations like this connection, I find is becoming more and more something that is pivotal to our wellness to not just our mental, emotional, but our physical health. And that I, I've been hearing and watching these TikToks about people who have been traveling and studying centennials, the places around the world that have the most, the highest rate of centennials. And why are people living so much longer in these places? And um, the common thread is that prioritization of connection and community and seeing life every day as a ceremony. And so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's another important part of ceremony is the connection that we get with others. Mm. Yeah, and just remembering that you were never supposed to do it alone. You know, like we talked about earlier, we all have a path of service. In Quechua, there's a word called aini. And aini can mean several different things, but one of them is kind of, it's like, it's like this line that goes through you and moves forward. And it's like, this is my path and only I can walk this path. Only I understand my path and only I can know what to do on this path. However, there's another line called Minka that runs like left to right. 
And that means community. And so how I started to imagine things is it's like, we're all walking in a line holding hands together because we have this like horizontal line that runs from left to right through us to help us walk together. Because the thing is, there's always going to be someone better, smarter, faster, more efficient than you in anything. And the greatest teachers all say that because that's like, and humility is such a big part of making a great teacher great because it's so true. There's always going to be someone that can do something better than you. And so why not allow us all to flourish and become stronger by allowing each individual to contribute to the community, to contribute to the collective in a way that lights them up and is their strength and their joy and their passion. Because if we all allow ourselves to do that, like I really truly believe we wouldn't have wars, we wouldn't have hunger, wouldn't have any of these like mental health problems. And in fact, there's, um, when you look at any like indigenous cultures, there's a very common thread of community, of tribe, of whatever words they choose to use for it, but there's a strong sense of community and a strong sense of also like having that interaction too of people of different types, of different ages. You know, you have the elders and you have the young ones and there's this helping and like, you know, even speaking of community too, in indigenous tribes, if you're a mother and you give birth, it's just common. It's not like this, oh, let's make meal trains. It's like, okay, like the rest of the community is going to cook for you. If you can't breastfeed, someone else that has a baby is going to help them breastfeed. It's this very strong sense of we're in this together that in Western society, we have sort of lost sense of. And part of that also is because we've lost our connection to the earth because you see that when you just look at nature. You understand polarities when you look at nature because they exist. There's predators and preys. You understand harmony and you understand the necessity of working together by just looking at nature. And when you live in a society that's so far removed from it, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? That like we've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. There's so much more we could go. I feel like that could be a whole <laughs> episode on its own talking about like single family homes and how we've just become so focused on these small senses of community, which is like, you know, getting married, having kids and that becoming your little orbit. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I think it's so much vaster than that. Like we have so much opportunity to, for connection. And, um, yeah, I just, I love, I love that part of, you know, doing this too and getting to meet people, amazing beings like yourself who embody that, like that is your life's work. And yeah, I'm just so honored to have this conversation with you. It's been such a gift Mm, and to know you now. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad to finally meet you. <laughs> and Danielle, I've known for a while. <laughs> I know. Ugh, this makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, could, could we talk for another hour? Um, yeah. So wait, wait. <laughs> so, okay. So like, let's like take this back a little. So mm-hmm. Amanda, what are your offerings? How can people work with you? Let's just like talk it out. Like how can they work with you outside of like cacao ceremonies? Cacao ceremonies are amazing. You guys have to do it. But like, you know, like I tell us to, yeah. how. Well, it's actually really powerful that you just, you brought up 
community and the importance of it because Mm -hmm. actually right after this podcast comes out on March (laughs) 5th, I think is the date, we're starting a community container that I have named B, Space for Presence. So very much everything that we've talked about here, it's all about learning to just, well, or learning, it's about carving out that time for yourself to be with yourself and remember that you have all the tools within you. And it's a community container because going back to what we've just talked about, it's so important to be in community because just allowing yourself to be seen in vulnerability, just allowing yourself to be seen in celebration is powerful in itself and healing in itself. And we need more of those spaces. So it's 11 weeks. I've made it this time so There's six live calls or six ceremonies and it's every other week just to give more spaciousness as well and to allow us more time to build as a community. And it's really thought about with that in mind. And I also, I've tried to do my best to really think about community care and accessibility because, you know, um, so price-wise, I think it's pretty accessible. Um, And then I do one-on-one cacao ceremonies, which are incredible. I love doing one-on-one work as well. Like I love group work, but when you sit in one-on-one and and Danielle, you've experienced this because you've sat with me both in group and one-on-one, it's very different when it's one-on-one because we can really like go in to exactly what you need. And I can just feel your energy versus thinking of like a collective energy field. And then talking about one-on-one, I also offer Radiant Self, which Danielle has done with me, which is like much more in-depth, a lot of learning, a lot of like diving into the elements, um, working with cacao, of course, um, and finding your own space for ritual and just making it so life becomes ceremony because that's what it is. It makes it so magical. I don't know. I like, sometimes I'm like, why would you not want to like believe in this stuff? Like maybe some people are like, ooh, it's like too... I don't know, a word people love to use is like woo-woo or like whatnot, but why not? It's so much fun. Like my partner loves it because he's like, you just like see everything in a way that is, you start to just see everything in a way that's very much like touched by God. And I know God can kind of be triggering. It used to be for me, but touched by the divine and also like seeing it through the eyes of a child and like, why not? I was just going to say that, mm-hmm. that childlike mm-hmm. wonder. I feel like that's that's what I love is that like joy and that magic that you used to feel when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you have to be kind of like open to that because, um, and I've referenced this movie before, but um, that Ryan Reynolds movie, um, Project Adam, at the oh, end yeah. where he like tells the kid, like, I've been trying to like not be you and you are the best part of me. (laughs) I always cry thinking about it. Um, But like, it's such a good line. And it's like, I feel like when you're growing up, you're so, and especially like in Western society, you're so pushed into like becoming an adult, like becoming serious, doing all of these things, right? And that childlike wonder is kind of like frowned upon almost. And even when like, I always loved reading tarot. I always loved like, astrology. And I dropped it when I was like 14, 13, because one, it was not mainstream. And two, it sounded silly to most people that I was like communicating with the sun. So, (laughs) and I knew deep down that like I was supposed to be doing that, but you're shamed out of it. So it's kind of like, I think that woo-woo people are just ready, ready to be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And And to play. 
I know we're like tying it up. So this is like totally, a totally different episode. <laughs> but I think like there's just a good reminder too that when we talk about our shadow and that's like causing us to project out and to respond in ways that aren't heart-centered and whatnot, all that really is is your inner child needing some love. Mm. So when you honor your inner child by rocking her back and forth or them back and forth and allowing the space for them to play, allowing them space for them to express themselves, like it just unlocks so much more. And it's Mm -hmm. actually a way of healing too. So when people like frown upon it, it's like, well, are you frowning upon your own inner child? Like, why aren't you letting your own, your own like inner child come out to play because it's manifesting in, in shadow. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to quote one of my really good friends who said this. He said, adults are just kids that have been around a while. (laughs) And it's so true, right? When you start to look at, we're all just kids who have been around a long time and we need to just remember that. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, Shout out to Derek. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much we could say. We could be here for hours. Oh my God. Yes, but... Thank you okay, so yes. much, wait, Amanda. Wait, we gotta okay, ask wait. Your questions. Yes, 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 yes. We have Our two questions. Question. Okay, think? okay. Are you gonna ask her, Mariah, or should I ask her? Ask <laughs> one of them, and then I'll remember okay. the others. So, the first question is: If you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell her? Oh, that's such a good question. It's like pick. It's like pick one. Pick like your toddler self, right? It's, it's hard to choose because there's so many different things. I have a different answer every single time I, I ask myself this, so it's fine. It's not a final answer. Trust that everything you're moving through right now is for a reason. And no matter what, I will love you always. I love this part. <laughs> I know this part always makes me want to cry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had, a, I had a, a pretty tough childhood and... I think for a long time, I was like, why, like, why is this happening to me? Like, even recently, in like recent years, I'm like, why, the, why is this happening to me? And it's like, no, it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. And like all the stuff that has happened, that happened in my childhood, all of the trauma that started when I was two, and even the broken relationships have brought me to where I am right now. And I'm just so happy to be here despite the tears and and all of the, the, sometimes the heaviness, like I'm just so happy to be where I am right now because, and I wouldn't have gotten there without all of, all of life so far. <laughs> You've made me cry. <laughs> well, that's Amanda's superpower, everyone. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Okay. <laughs> now let's ask the less emotional question. <laughs> Okay, you said you're a Pisces sun, but what's your rising, your moon? I'm a Cancer ascendant, Pisces sun, and Libra moon. And my partner is actually the exact same placements as me, except he's a Capricorn ascendant. So Daniela knows this. I've been getting a lot of Capricorn lessons. Capricorn is her Cancer ascendant. So you guys are opposite on the wheel. Our charts are mirror images of each other because we are born seven hours apart. Oh. Wow. Yeah. If you look at it, it's really crazy. So he, I have a lot of like seventh and eighth house. Uh, I have pretty full seventh and eighth houses, a lot of like above the line stuff. Um, And his is a lot of like first and second house because it's literally a mirror image. 
Because we have everything's the same. Nodes, planets, everything is exactly the same. Oh my That's God, what's that like? Oh, it's interesting. Like? It's interesting. Oh it's it's helped me understand my water a lot more because water, if you think about it, you can like, I mean, if you throw a cup of water on the ground, like it'll go everywhere. It has no boundaries. It has no limits. It'll do whatever it wants, but you need structure. You need a medicine cup to hold the medicine because a medicine cup is nothing if there's no medicine in it. And medicine, if it's all over the place, isn't anything either. So you need both. And so it's been a really deep learning of the Capricorn Cancer, so the like divine mother, divine father of masculine and feminine. And it's also just been like really curious to see our slight differences because like, of course, like because we're mirror images too, our midheavens are different, mine's in Aries and his is in Scorpio. And so sometimes I'm like, can you be faster? <laughs> because he also has like the Capricorn earth that's like making him like, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know? But... It's really interesting. It's it's like, I think in many ways, like we talk about it all the time, how like healing our relationship is for us and how, ex- well, I think better said, it's really expanding because it's really just like mm. teaching us because we're the same person, but with different mapping, essentially. Mm. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about that. <laughs> Yeah, once we, once we stop recording, <laughs> yeah, we will we dive into that. Yes, and the last question... The last question is, if you could be a flower, what flower would you be and why? I have to go with what first came up, hibiscus. I always say it though. I was trying to see if something else would come up, but I have a hibiscus tattooed on me as, as well. I have two actually. Um, hibiscus is really a flower from Hawaii and those, those islands are incredibly healing for me when I was going through it as a child whenever we traveled there, I would just like go to the shore and be in the water and it felt like everything was better. And so hibiscus bring me back to that. And it means delicate beauty, or at least I read that a long time ago when I got my tattoo, like 15 years ago. So (laughs) I feel like I fulfill that. So I'll stick with that. And also like hibiscus (laughs) is a really healing plant in general too. It's like, really Mm anti-inflammatory and everything and good for your heart it's really good for your heart and and you know I feel like my medicine in general is very heart-centered because we have so many different facilitators and brilliant teachers out there and some are like womb focused some are very like third eye focused and I'm very heart-centered I always have been so that's really my medicine and that feels aligned with hibiscus oh I feel that from you I feel that so much. I feel like my heart's just felt so happy this whole time. And even this morning while I was like just mentally getting into the space of like connection, I was like, I just feel good. My heart just feels supported and loved. <laughs> so thank you for being here and sharing your beautiful heart and your beautiful thank self Thank you for with having us. me. I feel like we could talk for days and weeks and years. Yeah, yes. and we will, but later. later. No, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely like need to talk about so many other things. Like we definitely need to have an episode about about guides, guardians, oh, yeah. and just so many things mm-hmm. that we haven't dived into. So like Amanda, That's part two. Is this was a out. teaser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.